On April 2, 2018, teachers in Oklahoma walked out of their classrooms to demand better pay and more school spending. Their 10-day strike, the first of its kind in Oklahoma since 1990, closed schools in some 200 districts and ended only after the legislature agreed to raise teachers' pay by an average of $6,100 to be paid for by new taxes on cigarettes, fuel, lodging, and oil and gas production. Oklahoma's statewide strike was one of six that took place this spring, a wave of labor unrest that appears to have drawn sympathy from the American public. The 2018 Ednex poll found support for increasing teacher salaries up by 12 percentage points nationwide over the past year, with an even larger increase in states like Oklahoma, where strikes occurred. I'm Marty West, editor of Education Next, and my guest today is Eleanor Getzinger, a veteran educator who participated in the Oklahoma strike. Eleanor works as a special education teacher and behavioral specialist in the Oklahoma City Public Schools, and I'm delighted that she's agreed to take a few minutes amidst the start of the school year to share her reflections on April's events and their aftermath. Eleanor, welcome to the Ednext Podcast. Thank you very much for asking me to do this today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, and I hope you won't mind if we start with your own personal experience of the strike for you what were the best and worst moments? The best moments, I've worked in various positions in different districts uh, throughout Oklahoma. So um, I tell you, I went out there uh, the, the second day and to walk around, they weren't teachers, the majority of teachers, they were sitting, but they were constantly rotating and walking around, literally around the Capitol. And so I joined the group that where I am, that I, the assignments that I'm with in school, and as I'm walking around, I'm seeing all these other teachers that I've known in the past 23 years that I've worked with in different capacities, uh, general educators, special educators in other districts, and it was just like a, a reunion that I was able to see, and all these relationships that I had, professional relationships that I had been full before, and then seeing them again, and for all, all of us coming together, in order to make it a, a better place for children in Oklahoma to learn, that was very, it was probably one of the most empowering experiences I think I've ever had in my life. And I will be 58 years old next month. So it was, it was kind of invigorating and um, frustrating at the same time, so, simultaneously. So tell me about the frustration. What were some of the more difficult moments? Well, the, the thing is, is that we every, year after year, the, te- the educators here in Oklahoma, we've always we've wished for more, and it's been putting on the wayside. But it's going to get better. It's going to get better, and it never did. And about a year ago, a friend of mine that I went through grad school with, uh, he said, "I think it's going to take a walkout in order." I mean, this is like September of uh, last year. This is he said it's going to take a walkout, and I really it got to that point because. I think educators were getting tired of lip service and actions speak louder than words, and so they just got to the point where they felt that this is really what they needed to do. Unfortunately, they they regretted doing it. The teachers, everyone regretted because it's always children over what they make, but it, it was time. It was just all coming to a head, and it was time. Now, the formal list of demands was pretty extensive, encompassing a lot of issues beyond teacher pay. What, in your mind, were the most important issues at stake during the strike? Well, of course, you know, money 
Elvis was kind of bittersweet. Money getting into the classrooms would be very nice. I've been in education, like I said, for 24 years. And I kind of even remember the last time I saw a new textbook in our school system. So without appropriate textbooks, this impacts appropriate curriculum. Curriculum impacts instruction, and it's a domino effect. And so it comes down to basically academic achievement for children. So that's what it's it's just it's very frustrating because classrooms are getting larger because they can't hire more teachers and teachers are basically they're just they've been hanging on with like with a like a, on a thread so it's been very very challenging were you happy with the resolution of the strike ultimately i understand that initially the demands were for a $10,000 statewide right. salary increase but do you think teachers got a fair settlement well like I said, it's, it was really actually bittersweet. It, for me personally, impacted me greatly financially. However, all of the teachers that we all knew that we wanted more textbooks and supplies that go directly for the children, especially those that are in inner city schools. So as we've all, you know, everybody does, I'm sure across the United States, teachers purchase so many things out of their own pockets. So the teachers are going to make more. And so my educated guess is that they will be buying more for their for their classroom because it's not coming from the legislation. It's not coming through like we want it to do. So it was bittersweet. And what's your relationship like with the union? And in your mind, how much of the strike was motivated by grassroots sentiment and how much depended on union organization and support? That's a very good question. Um, at the time I, of the teacher strike, I was a union member. Um, and in the beginning, my perspective was that it was definitely grassroots related. And then, however, afterwards, I kind of felt like it was a way for the unions to sign on more teachers into their specific entities. So, um, so much more money going to the union organizations. And so I really felt at the end, OEA, AFT and POE, I think what they should have done, and I, other educators felt the same way, they should have collaborated, collaborated together in order to submit a various educational approach towards our Oklahoma legislatures. We kind of felt like each union was driving their own agenda instead of getting together as three, three different types of union for the betterment of all the teachers and, and that would have been a lot more meaningful instead of having three entities having three agendas. So numbers count when you have a group with powerful meaning. But um, I don't know if you realize that uh, some of the teachers have run for positions in offices, and they've already ousted eight legislatures that voted against the uh the pay raise. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you about that more recent activity. It does appear that some of the state legislators who voted against the pay increase have run into some difficulty in the uh, 2018 election season. Uh, does that surprise you? Um, when Oklahoma voting, you're talking to a liberal Democrat because I'm ever educated. But, uh, but I think it's like teachers had had enough. We're, it's like we're done, you know? And I was, I was very shocked by... Uh, I know Sherry Connolly, she's, she ran and won. She was a principal and a school member, and she was wonderful, and she won. And I think that actions speak louder than words here, and teach, 
teachers, Oklahoma teachers, are now getting out and voting and seeing the importance of their voting and their spouses and their family. You know, everyone needs to get out and vote. So it's kind of like we're, we're feeling a little shift here in Oklahoma and with the uh, political race with governor, et cetera. So we're hoping that it starts moving towards more towards the center where we can all work out and do what's best for children in our state. Now, during the strike, did you hear from your students or their families? And did you discuss the issues at stake with them at all, either during the strike or after it? I work with, like I said, I'm a behavior specialist, so I work with children with very severe behavior problems or uh, so on my, my telephone is unlisted, to be honest with you. But I tell you what, the public, I would wear my Oklahoma Educator T-shirt and I would go to the grocery store and people would like, men would tip their hat or women would nod at me out of gratitude for what I do. I heard a lot of stories of many teachers with their shirts. They would go out, I mean, not intentionally, they would be at a restaurant and their bill would be paid or... A lot of places right here in the Oklahoma City area, they had discounts. For, they were feeding teachers for free. <laughs> so it's like we didn't feel like we were – it was just us ourselves trying to make a move or do a shift in um, more funding for education here in Oklahoma. I think a lot of people, maybe a lot of people in – maybe my fellow Oklahomans didn't know how – challenging it was in schools in order to meet the needs of, of children, whether if they're in general education or special education, it didn't matter. So that was very reaffirming for as an educator, because we usually don't get, you know, we don't get as much support uh, as I think we des- desperately need. So it seems like the reception was largely positive. Uh, very. But did you encounter anyone who was angry or frustrated about the schools being closed? No, and I think it was harder on the employees than it was. I mean, the, of course, the um, the families that I heard from, because they had, you know, they kept, some families, they had a, the child care. They had to shift and, and make do with child care. And so I think when we came back together, they even, not that some families didn't appreciate us that much, but they appreciated that much more what we're trying to do with their their child and making a difference, whether it's in academics or behavior. So it kind of, kind of put things in check for just a little bit, and then getting back together. And uh, you know, I will tell you a challenge. Some of the other educators, like myself, would be. I'm so used to seeing these children five days a week, and you don't know if they're being fed, and you worry about their welfare just because that child is my responsibility in school. So. A lot of teachers, and I was one of them. I was really concerned about what, you know, how my children, how the students that I was working with, they were at home. So when we got back, it was it was it, we I think received a lot more gratitude from everybody, families and and colleagues and friends. And how disruptive was the strike ultimately in terms of your instruction and planning and that of your peers? And how did you all wind up handling that disruption? Oh, it was just, for special ed teachers, it was atrocious because we're on a, we have to do, because our, our, our paperwork is all, uh, has to be compliant with federal and state regulations. So we, we, we kind of foresee it was coming up. We didn't know for sure. When it, we, we did know sure 
when we knew that meetings were going to be taking place, we started doing these IEP meetings all the time because, but we only we could only do so much. And then when we got back, we, a lot of our paperwork was out of compliance because we weren't in school for two weeks. It was very, very hard. It was very stressful. It was very stressful. But we just all did the best that we could. And, uh, you know, when you're working on the paperwork, that's, you can't serve your, you can't teach your students. So it's like something has to give. But um, it was very, it was a lot more difficult than I had ever imagined. So yeah. I'll, I will say that. And then another thing is that we lost two weeks of, you know, testing, you know, um, criterion rest, their testing, end of the year testing. That got extended for two weeks. So we lost time in testing our students, which that was tough as well because. They were off two weeks. They usually have test prep before they take the test. They didn't have any test prep. So my question will be, will those scores go down because of the strike? Well, that sounds like a uh, research opportunity for some of my colleagues oh, here at the... I, already... <laughs> I think you're exactly right that I've already got a couple projects, and I thought about that. But um, the what went on behind the scenes in feeding the children, Oklahoma City Public Schools had buses going out with breakfast and lunch to different parts in the neighborhoods to make sure that these children were being fed. And my hat's off for, for them for doing that. That was just so it's not just we're not just we're more than just educating the child. We're also, you know, feeding the child, uh, getting coats for the children and their welfare. So it's it's a lot more than that. It's it's very personal for us in inner city. Does that mean that you felt supported by the administration in your own district, even as you were on strike? Uh, you know, because one of the interesting things about the Oklahoma context is that uh, it was a statewide rather uh, strike rather than one targeted Correct. at a particular district. So uh, how did the Oklahoma City Public Schools as a organization stand with respect to what you all as employees were doing? My hat's off. Um, Oklahoma City Public Schools, they couldn't have been better at dealing with this. And I know several board members, I've talked to them, and they were very, in fact, we were one of the top, they were the top supportive district in announcing ahead of time when we were not going back to work. And they could, Oklahoma City Public Schools couldn't have been better. And um, they were trying to, in this sense, because they do employ more teachers in the metro area, they were kind of taking a precedent and um, not pressuring the teachers to go back. And I think a lot of districts that were not as large as we are kind of took the lead off Oklahoma City. And I can tell you there is another district that's with here on the south side. I won't name the district, but um, they had teachers that were – really wanting to do the strike, and they told them if they would go, they weren't going to get the time off to go. They went anyway. And one one of the uh, gentlemen that was an educator, he was head of the English department at this district, and he, he left the district. So several teachers left that district that didn't support the teachers. So it's, it, it's the support. I mean, that's what we didn't have to deal with in the inner city, and We've got a, now really a good board now with Oklahoma City, and we really, we were really grateful for that, and that helped teacher morale. It really did. Now, as you look back on the events of April 2018, uh, was it worth it? And 
ultimately, what do you hope will happen as a result of what occurred? I think, you know, it has um, teacher morale. It has been, it's improving because we're being compensated more. Uh, I think we're really, I think a lot of teachers, we're just grateful for anything that we get. But we're all realists, so we're like, we're not, we're not going to get our hopes up until we really believe it. But then, it, then there's there's the thing of hope. Well, we 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 did get a raise, and that's good. And we're having an, in November. We've got a huge uh, political race with the governor, Governor um, Edmondson. Drew Edmondson is a Democrat. is running against uh, Kevin Stead, who's a Republican. And so there's a shift taking place. And Mr. Edmondson is going on trying to do a lot of things to increase the gross production tax with the oil and gas industry here in Oklahoma to raise it to 7%. And one of his biggest things is to raise, uh, get more monies into schools. So we, we kind of went through one hoop. We, we, we've received the raise, and we're hoping that when we go to the polls in November that uh, Mr. Edmondson will be there because he, he supports education. And we know... The thing is about the foundation of any community, as you guys already know, is through education. It affects your economy. It affects your dropout rate. It affects your homelessness rate. It affects your incarceration rate. So the foundation of education, I think a learning experience did come to this state that it really needs to take it, be taken more seriously now. My guest today has been Eleanor Gutzinger, special education <laughs> teacher and behavioral specialist in the Oklahoma City Public Schools. Eleanor, thanks for being part of the podcast. Thank you for asking really good questions. And uh, if there's any, any, anything else I can ever help you, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ednext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to check out our archive. And especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners find us.